Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Some People Call That Jesus. I'm going to be looking at an interesting topic today. Um, how much do you value the Bible, or how much do you value the Word of God? And I hope it's simple. The point of it is to be simple, not complex, not eloquent, just simple and to the point. Um, and even our scripture references for today that we'll be looking at in the Bible will be minimal in a way, very direct, easy to find, right together. So that'll be very beneficial in what we'll be looking at. Um, and not only will we be looking at how do you value the Bible, um, we're going to be looking at how the Bible shows, shows us itself, step by step, how to approach the Bible to find knowledge, to make it useful in a way, to be taught by God what really is taking place here. Because even if we just have this Bible in hand, it might not do us any good. So God shows us something as powerful as his word here. Step by step, how do we approach the word to find knowledge, to make it beneficial, to learn from him? He's laid it out for us, not leaving us guessing by any means. And then at the end, we're also going to look at two dangers. I kind of have two warnings to highlight, one for Christians and one for non-Christians, all under the premise of how much do you value the Bible? Because this relates to Christianity, of course, but the Bible is for everybody. So we'll be looking at this applies to everybody, Christian and non-Christian, the two major warnings under this topic of valuing the Word of God that we're going to look at. So I hope you stick around for that portion of it. So the main section of verses today, and really the whole core of it, is in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, we're going to be looking fully through verses 1 through 6. And this is great, what I really appreciate about it, and again, Proverbs is already a very practical book, like the rest of the Bible is, and we need to keep it practical, is that it really, in my eyes at least, lays it out here step by step, as I felt like God was leading me through this section many different times over time, over the past year or so, this portion on how to approach the Bible and approach him to find knowledge, and really laying it out clearly, and we're going to look at each piece. There's really six main points, six main things to do, per se, on how do we approach the Bible, how do we study it, how do we look at it, and how does that make it beneficial for us? So this is, I hope, very enlightening for you. It has been very helpful for me, and I've had to come back to this section in the scripture time and time again just because it's so valuable and so practical to apply this to your whole study and understanding of the Bible. So again, it's in Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to look at six main points. I'm just going to take it verse for verse, line by line, and we're going to highlight each point and talk about them so we understand what is taking place here. So the first verse, Proverbs 2 verse 1, says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. So the sentence continues after that into the second verse, but at first we're just going to stop and look right there. The first point on how do you value the Bible is number one, if you accept my words, it says here. And I put it down as acceptance as truth, because the Bible here is the truth. We see it as the one sole source of truth. It's God's word, and you need to accept it as such. And this is something that was very instrumental for me in my own Christian walk over the past few years is that I've had to remind myself, I don't know, hundreds of times probably, that every time I open the Bible to learn it, to be taught by God, to try to understand, to pray over it, whatever I was doing, that I had this approach that this is your truth. And I had to say this to myself many times, God, this I'm, I'm saying this, your, your word is the truth and I accept it as truth. If your word shows it to be true, I believe it. End of story. Make it very simple and black and white, because that's what the truth is here for. No guessing, no questioning whether it's trying to deceive us or not. This is the truth through and through. 
But again, it took me reminding myself many times that it is the truth to uh, really lock that down as a mindset and an attitude every time I went to study. So I hope that's helpful for you. And again, it could take many times for you to accept it yourself in your mind as it did for me, but it's helpful. That that step one is acceptance as truth. Having that mindset every time you open your Bible to learn something. That verse continues to say, and store up my commands within you or treasure my commands within you. So number one, acceptance is truth. That's how we start to value the Bible. And number two, it's storable. I kind of picture when I says, when it says there, store up my commands within you, I just naturally in my mind, very visual, picture a barn, storing up hay, storing up supplies. It's like this word is storable for a reason. Sorry, this word is storable and purposeful. Like a barn, you can begin to fill your mind, fill your heart the more you read it. And it's more than just reading it in a glimpse. It's meditating on it, studying it, thinking about it, going back to it. Some people listen to audible versions of it, audiobooks, and a lot of different apps that do that. You read it also through any avenue like that. Continue to store it up within yourself. And first, it doesn't do you a lot of good if you don't accept it as truth. That's why it's number one listed here. But then you begin to store these up, and it has a cumulative effect upon you, which we'll look at here in just a minute. So that's number two, that this word is storable within yourselves, particularly your mind. The third piece on how to value the word of the third point is in the next verse, verse number two. And the full verse number two says this, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. So putting those together, just so we have it flowing more naturally, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Again, the sentence continues on, but this is verse number two, so we're just breaking it down piece by piece to fully digest it here. So the third piece is choose what you listen to. My version, the uh, New International Version here says, turning your ear to wisdom. Because naturally, we hear a lot of things throughout the day. And I don't, I don't leave this solely just to hearing, but also what you're taking in through your eyes, your eyes and ears. We take in so much information every day at the job, on our phones, interactions with people, just being out and about, on TV, etc. You take in all this information, but there's a, uh, something special here. The Bible says you have to turn your ear, bend your ear to wisdom. And again, it applies to your study here. Are you making sure that you are taking adequate time to study the Bible, to see what it's about, to search for answers in it? If you have, number one, accepted it for truth, how do you continue that storing up within yourself? You have to bend your ear to it. This is very important because our minds naturally take in what we see and what we hear day after day, week after week, and it stores up within ourselves. So we have to make a conscious effort and decision to turn our ear to this wisdom as much as possible if we want it to have the maximum impact upon ourselves. And uh, the other part of verse number two goes into applying your heart to understanding. Now this is interesting and really the crux or the, uh, uh, the hinge that this whole thing swings on here. And at first I read something like, apply your heart to understanding. And I think, yeah, okay, let's do it. But then I think, how do you, how do you apply your heart to something? When I think of the heart versus the mind, especially looking at the Bible, I think of desires, motivations, passion. And I think that's just, it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just wake up one morning with it. You don't just snap your fingers and suddenly you're passionate about an area that you choose. Really, where does it come from? And the amazing but and yet simple thing that these verses are laying out here, the step-by-step on how to approach the word 
and value it, to find this knowledge of God, Him revealing it to you, is that this is how it impacts your heart. To me, applying your heart to understanding means that this search of knowledge, particularly the knowledge of God, it's really a heart issue. It has to involve your heart and your passions and your desires or it's not going to have a lasting effect. And then I began to see as I studied this and went back to it again many times, praying over it many times, that when you begin to use consistently these first three steps, these three decisions in a way of acceptance as truth, storing up this word more and more within yourself every day, and being very careful what you listen to, what you watch, turning your ear to this wisdom, it begins to have an impact upon your heart. And this is something so special about the Bible, being the word of God, is that it's so powerful and impactful even if you just begin to store it within you, it's changing the environment of your mind and your heart just by the sheer fact that it's in there. You've willingly allowed this word in because you're reading it, you're looking at it, you're curious about it, and naturally it will develop those desires and the passions to dive deeper, to know more about God, to interact with him more just by storing his word within you. So that's the amazing thing is that the first three steps lead up to this heart issue and help develop these desires which propels you into the last two steps where the heart is very key and important. So continuing to read in verse 3, again we're in Proverbs chapter 2, it says, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. Now this one is a genuine heartfelt request to God or you could simplify it and say praying. But I really love the aspect of it being heartfelt. It doesn't just say you ask. It says you call out you cry aloud. And that, to me, implies directly passion, motivations. Your, your heart is into it. Your emotions are into it. Your behaviors are into it. And that's so important. And you can see how this is progressing so naturally and so beneficially here in Proverbs, so practically, which I love the most, as it's being laid out, that the first three steps begin to impact your heart. And when your heart begins to shift to those desires of God, this is when you truly begin to cry out loud more for it which is a key step to finding this knowledge. You begin to ask with real fervor and passion behind it, and that is so important. And God doesn't leave you to conjure that up on your own. It's coming from the more of the word that's in you, creating the desires in you, and now you're using that desires to even search out more. It's just an incredible process being laid out here in a few simple verses. And then the sixth step, or the sixth part of it, is verse number four, and it says, and if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure. Verse 5 and 6 says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So I love verse 5 and 6 because it lays out, here's the benefit. Here's the result of making a decision for these things. And putting this into practice, with God's help of course, day after day, is that you'll begin to understand how to stay humble before God and submitted to God that we call the fear of the Lord. It says this is how you find his knowledge, how you're taught by him. God's, it says from God's mouth he gives you this wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you can use for every area of your life. Simply by applying these few verses in this whole book, here's a few verses right here on how to approach it. But that part number six of searching for it like hidden treasure, it's you have to value this word like treasure and pursue it accordingly. You know, there's countless movies, shows, stories, books from who knows, since, since human beings began writing stories of people going in search of something valuable, some type of treasure. Many times and in many stories and books, it's physical treasures, it's gold, it's silver, 
um, people traveling across oceans, around the world, leaving their families, putting themselves and their crew in danger just to find some kind of wealth, just to find a fountain of youth, to find something very valuable, whatever that wealth is to them. And he says, have this mindset or this tenacity to value this like hidden treasure. Because when I have this approach that the Bible is God's truth and that the Bible says that everything we need for life is found here in this word, I think there's many verses, many chapters, many books of the Bible I do not know yet. But if I encounter a problem or a situation where I need answers, got to make your default mindset and decision that the Bible has the answer, whether I'm familiar with it or not. So I'm going to scour the Bible until I find it. Again, I'm not going to find it and understand it without the Holy Spirit's help, of course. But having that mindset like there's hidden treasure, the answer I need, the solution I'm dying for is within these pages. I just need to find it. If you have that approach, one, it really sparks your curiosity to understand more about the Bible. But two, you begin to find those answers to put into practice to solve your problems. And then it makes you hungry for it the next time you have a situation needing help that you say, man, the answer's in here. I just need to find it. And you go back to that heartfelt prayer and you go back to storing it up within you and you go back to searching and not leaving the Bible until you found that answer. So it's this, it's a ripple effect in a way. It continues to accumulate when you put these pieces together and it's just so powerful and shaping how you value the word. And God says, I guarantee you will find my knowledge. I'll teach you at that point and I'll lead you to it at that point. So one verse to add to this, again, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, is your core. Meditate over that when you have time. One verse to add with this about learning the truth is found in the Gospel of John, John chapter 14, verse 26, and it says this, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And this is the words of Jesus to his disciples. And he's really saying here, unless the Holy Spirit teaches you, you'll never really learn. And that's, that's my take on it there. He's teaching you by the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the helper. He even says here, you may forget things that you've learned before. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you of everything I've taught you. He's going to lead you into all truth. You cannot go about this process of knowing and understanding the knowledge of God without the Holy Spirit's help. So understand in this process, you're not taking this with your intellect and your own abilities to go conjure up or stumble upon God's knowledge on your own. No, you need the Holy Spirit's help, which takes humility, of course, every step of the way. Otherwise, you're not going to walk away learning anything. And that's certainly what I've learned, because I've certainly um, gone to this Bible by my own agenda, by my own devices, and come away with very little. But I've also approached it with humility, truly wanting to know more about God, and he never disappoints in that category. So this is so important for your teaching and your learning. So now here with just our very last part of this lesson, as you have this to study on and to look into if you're curious about finding that knowledge. But here are the two main dangers, the two warnings in relation to how you value the Bible. So the first one I'll say for non-Christians. And the warning or the danger for non-Christians is in trivializing this Bible. In trivializing meaning that you look at the Bible just like any other religious book, any other historical book, you just look as it look at it as common, ordinary, just like anything else you would read. And the thing is, when you trivialize this book, you, you forsake the truth, not just a form of the truth, it's the truth. And why that's so important is because Jesus, the person, is the one who has your salvation. But this Bible teaches you about him, leads you to him, tells you about him, 
who is your salvation, who is your eternal life. So if you forsake or trivialize the Bible, you're throwing away your own eternal life. So that is obviously a, a paramount danger to trivialize this as a non-Christian. It is worth the time to at least explore with curiosity. And then there's a danger related to how you view, how you approach the Bible from the Christian perspective. And I can say this as someone who has been in this situation, and this is particularly true, again, using my own experience, from being born and raised in the church. Not that the church is at fault for this in a way, but it's a kind of an individual decision and path that you can go down. And the danger for Christians with this topic is that you can become desensitized to the Bible. And what I mean is that at one point I had heard the stories, certain verses so many times, not that they lost their value, but in my mind I got so used to them, I disregarded them like, oh, there's nothing to learn here, you know. Oh, how many times have I heard David and Goliath? Nothing new to learn there. As soon as I began to become desensitized to the powerful stories and the lessons of the Bible, my faith began to go down. To me, this is really the, the thing that will crush your faith, is that if you become desensitized, not really caring about what the Word says, you hear that, oh, I've heard that in a sermon before, so you kind of tune out for the rest of the church service, for the rest of the Bible study, whatever it is, you will destroy your faith in the process. You have to approach it each time like it's something new. Even if you've heard David and Goliath a thousand times, there may be something new to learn, some lesson to be reminded of that is worth you paying attention to at that moment. So that, to me, those are the two big warnings. Don't throw this away like any other book, and don't say, oh, I've heard this a million times, I already know it. Approach it like a child. Approach it with excitement, wanting to learn it all over again. So I hope these six steps to wisdom in God's word, to approaching wisdom, are helpful for you. I hope you begin to value the word more as it's laid out for here. And again, the checklist, you don't even need to write it down. Right there in Proverbs chapter 2, nicely laid out for you. So thank you again for studying with me. I look forward to getting into other topics that we will shortly. And I always, as always, I certainly appreciate you listening.